My name is Andy. And I'm Brian. And this is the Duck and Mouse Podcast. Where we talk about the parks, movies, current events, and more at the place where dreams come true. It is that time of the week again. Yes, it is. The it, Duck and Mouse podcast. We are just awesome, aren't we? We are. Yeah. Back for episode 10, 11. I, I don't know. I've lost track at this point now. <laughs> it's like Star Wars and Jaws. Yeah. Or you uh, just lose track yeah, of the right. episodes. Yep. All right. So um, this week is going to be an, uh, another interesting week. Another day on the podcast. Okay. Another day, another dollar. Yep. Well, not so much dollar because we're not doing this to make money, but, but yeah, um, uh, we're going to be talking about, uh, our movie, which was Alice in Wonderland and the um, news. We, we have some, we have a little bit of news. We kind of got newsed out last week and this week in Disney history, this week in Disney history, our news section. And we'll probably pick another movie to watch next week. Yes. But, um, our biggest topic that we'll talk about today is, oh, the parks. how not to waste your fast passes, because there are things, there are fast pass, um, selections whenever you are choosing your fast passes and some of them are important and some of them are a complete waste of your fast pass. So we'll talk yes. about those. All right. Um, this week in the news, I have an article about a moving floor. Okay. <laughs> so Disney is developing a like, moving floor. Is this like when you drink around the world and by the time you get to Canada, <laughs> yeah. the floor is moving? Right. Yeah, exactly. No, this is, um, this is like a virtual reality floor. So, um, in things like the void, like we talked about last week, they are, developing basically um this platform that the user can stand on and as you walk it kind of follows that track movement so that you could essentially walk forever and stay in the same place okay um it's kind of one of those like there are different thing elements to this patent that's been uh filed saying that they're going to be using vibration technology to create a sense of more or less friction uh, like against the user's foot okay. as they're walking. Other than that, they have, they're going to have like these rotating discs that can influence the user's walk path. So that essentially they could walk in, like in a straight line, but it would be moving you out of like the way of so is <laughs> it hard to is describe. it like walking on a treadmill it's yes there are two where you're stationary but but then like on the treadmill itself there are also these rotating discs that are going to help influence like the minute direction of your foot angle i don't know it's okay the it, it it's potentially going to be something that that would be interesting for things like the void for those virtual reality experiences where you don't have to actually traverse through a room you to can get the stay feeling. yeah you can stay in one room and still kind of experience what that is gotcha yeah okay okay what's your uh news so i have two related news articles um, all right the first one is that filming 
for Star Wars Episode Nine has begun. Um, J.J. Abrams, who is the director of the movie, uh, took to Twitter and revealed a, fir- uh, a set photo from Star Wars Episode Nine. It's it's actually a really cool photo. But it, he said he described it as a bittersweet starting to the next chapter without Carrie Fisher, because mm-hmm. obviously she's gone. Yeah. So, yeah, they're excited to begin um, filming. Uh, it's slated to open December 20th of next year, which is not that far away mm. for a big movie like that. Um, Post-production is already working on all this stuff, probably. <laughs> So that's exciting. And then the other exciting Star Wars news is that the first um, spaceship has arrived. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Galaxy's Edge in yeah. Hollywood Studios in Florida. Yeah. Um, from the looks of it, it looks like it's completely done. Like it was built somewhere else and mm-hmm. then trucked in. Um, it's painted. It's done. And they're saying that it matches pretty perfectly to one of the models. Um or to one of the spaceships that's in the model. In the models. That is on display in One Man's Dream. Yeah, it's going to be... that. that. So I, we were watching a YouTube video about the D23 Expo a couple years ago. And they were talking about... They, they had the, the model there. And they were talking about like the size comparison to it. And it seems as though Pandora, which was also had another model the the scale of pandora versus the star wars area was about a third of what the star wars land is going to be so i saw the pandora model mm-hmm. um the full thing right and it was mind blowing it was amazing to see the imagineer's model of the land cuz you look at it and you're like how are they going to do this and mm-hmm. it looked amazing and then when i walked into the land you're like whoa compared it but um and it was a big model. Like it was, it wasn't just some little, you know, dinky third grade diorama <laughs> box model. It's like, you yeah. know, a multi-million dollar right. thing. And mm-hmm. it, it was big. You could walk around it and it had people walking in. It was really cool. Um, so to think that Star Wars is, is going to be bigger is something special. Yeah. It's it, like, hopefully it'll take, uh, take, uh, all of the expectations that we had for Toy Story Land and, and take them to the next level. I'm hoping so. Uh, I, I have a feeling that we were watching, we were watching that video of Toy Story Land in Paris. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's a thousand times better. I know <laughs> they have the slinky dog coaster, but then they have like, it's not a, it's not a coaster. It's just one of those like rotating. Oh, things. well it looked like slinky dog coaster. The, the car, the cars looked exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. But they have like five other rides I, that yeah. are like more amazing than alien swirling saucers alien swirling saucers yeah i i think that toy story land um kind of it was presented in a way and then what we got was a little disappointing uh it wasn't as big it wasn't as showy it was exactly what was presented to us um and it like because disney usually takes what is what's there and they they up it they make it disney you know right and this kind of well like pandora was the same the pandora model was pretty much the same as what we got yeah but it it i don't think it um i don't think you you got the scale and the detail from the model right whereas toy story it's pretty basic concept there's not like all of the that's true there's not all of the the plants and the 
Yeah, it's waterfalls just, and everything. It was. It's a pretty cut and dry, basic thing. It seemed like it was not really intended to be that big of a thing. But like what it, Star Wars is going to be. Right, but they made it out to seem like it was going to be this huge the thing. Next yeah, it was like hyped up so right, much. Right. So that when we were presented with what it actually was, it turned out to be something that wasn't as thrilling as we were hoping that it was going to be. Right. All right, this week's movie was Alice in Wonderland. Yes, it was. The classic movie. Um, when we finished the movie, you kind of had a you had a reaction, and I could sense that you were like purposefully not saying what you thought of it, um, just to save it for our talk here. Okay. Um, so, what did you think of the movie? Um, it was interesting. Yes. It's not a Disney fairy tale princess story. No, it's not. Um, I don't know. I feel like it, I felt like it's like running through a maze. Mm -hmm. That's what the movie was like to me. Okay. Um, Have you ever read the books at all? Okay. The books are very much like that movie. Like it's a bunch of little short scenes. Right. That are absurd. Like I thought, so the, the thing that was the same, there were two things that were the same throughout the entire movie that didn't change Alice and the white rabbit. Right. Were the two things that, that kind of guided you through the movie. Right. And like, I thought like the mad hatter party scene was going to be bigger and there was more to it. Um, like I didn't realize it was just going to be the mad hatter and the rabbit. And Alice, I thought there was like a party. I thought like the rabbit was going to be there and, you know, okay. I thought it was going to be like a bigger thing. Right. Um, it was entertaining. It's not something that I would have to watch again. Um, there's a lot of reference in the parks. Yeah. A lot of reference. Yeah. For, well, for such a. An obscure. Small little movie. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a small little movie. It was, it was a pretty significant movie because it was the first time, like there had been attempts to make. An Alice in Wonderland movie before. Well, he didn't he try to do a live action. Always, they'd always been live action movies, and they have always been kind of like they had always been weird and and just not removed enough from reality to give it that sense of what the books have that like imaginative craziness. So when Walt Disney came along and said he was going to make this movie. And the, made it, and it was a success because it was able to capture all of that. It was a big deal. Right. So that's why. And also, whenever it was released, it was a, around the same time as the parks were being developed. So, Or the park, the first park, was being developed. So a lot of that stuff was ingrained in the planning of those parks. Um, it, there weren't a lot of special effects through the movie. It was kind of just pretty basic cut and dry animation. Like there was one part where there was like, there were like sparkles or glitter or mm-hmm. something, but there wasn't like any super intense special effect. Animation. Like over the top effects. Yeah. And it, yeah. Like it wasn't like Fantasia was right. so focused right. on special effects, animation and kind of 
pushing the boundaries. There were a lot of topics that I covered um, that would never even be considered to be put into a movie these days. What do you mean? Like the smoking caterpillar. Disney would never put that in a movie oh. these days. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it, it, it that felt... also comes from the book. I mean, right. it's part of the, it's part of those, those images. Eating mushrooms. Well, <laughs> they're not that kind of mushrooms. They're mushrooms that make you big and small. I mean, if you think about it, well, if you eat those kind of mushrooms, you kind of it, you right, halluc- you, hallucinate. But if you think about it, not in terms of an adult. If you think about it with the innocence the innocent mind of a child it's and it wasn't ever conceived to be a trippy movie like in terms of it was an adult progressive movie it was only meant to convey what was in the books right and the books have an innocence about them that aren't you know perverted by adult minds (laughs) are the heffalumps in the winnie the pooh books yes that whole psychedelic yes scene I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, Disney, in terms of like the heffalumps and woozles, the, that scene was never meant to be super trippy. It was meant to be scary because Walt has always had a fondness of a little bit of fear. I mean, look at Haunted Mansion. Right. And Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Um, so there's always been a level of like uneasiness, I guess. But Alice in Wonderland is one of those classic books that turned into a classic movie. Right. I mean, it's it's a classic movie. You have the the memorable characters, the Cheshire Cat, the Mad Hatter, the Queen of Hearts. Right. The White Rabbit. Right. All right. So let's talk about the movie references in the parks. So in Disneyland, Alice and the Mad Hatter walk around all the time. They mm-hmm. are. They have meet and greets in Disney World. It's they not, have meet and it's greets in Disney around, World too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, in Disneyland, they just walk around and right. and have conversations like with like Peter Pan does too. Um, in Disney World, Alice it has a meet and greet in the UK Pavilion in Epcot. Right. Um, and then Alice and the Mad Hatter have a meet and greet outside of the Tea Party ride. Yes, and they sometimes the ride Cheshire it. Cafe. Yeah, they sometimes ride the mad the the other another big reference in the park is the mad uh hatter teacups right the the ride there's like a ride it's a spinning teacup yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that's very popular and famous um there's in disneyland paris there is uh i don't know what they call it it's some kind of labyrinth yeah maze something it's and like you a, go into different scenes of the movie yeah through the maze um which actually looks kind of cute mm-hmm. um Alice and the Hatter are in Festival of Fantasy Parade. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, Caterpillar used to be in Main Street Electrical. Yes. Um, there is a restaurant called the Cheshire Cat Cafe or the Cheshire Cafe. Yeah, um, and they sell like um, sweets, right? Like they have a they had a, a Cheshire Cat tail, which was like a. a cream stick or was like a cookie or something of some kind okay um that had the pink and purple stripes on it yeah so there's definitely heavy reference mm-hmm. there also used to be a tv show um called 
Adventures in Wonderland, which was filmed on the MGM Studios lot, uh, that it was it was a TV show about Alice in Wonderland, and it was like the same characters, but they were all humanized, and right. it was one of it's it has a fondness in my heart because it was a one of the TV shows I watched as a kid. All right, so I am going to give this a good or a three out of four. I would I would give it a meh to good. Meh to good. Okay. Yeah. You can't have half you can't have half points here. <laughs> when we're doing this, we're giving them one, two, three, or four. Okay. Out of two four. Two and a half. You can't do half. Oh, what am I gonna do with you? I'd give it three. Okay. I would also give it a three. It's a classic. Yeah, but I don't need to watch it again. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. This week in Disney history. This week was a fairly boring week in Disney history. Um, there's a lot of like little things that I'll come across that are like Disney Channel, whatever, first aired XYZ, and it's like little lame things. Mm-hmm. So I try to filter through a lot. Okay, thank um, you. I, we we all appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so some notable birthdays this week. Uh, this is the week of August 5th through the 11th. Um, in 1887, composer conductor Oliver Wallace is born in London, England. Aww. Do you know what he did? Yeah, he did all of the movies, the music scores for like all the old movies. Um, his large body of work includes the Mickey Mouse short, Mickey's Amateurs. Is that the one where he conductor? Mm. No, that's called the band concert. Oh. Um, and then feature films Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. Peter Pan, Old Yeller, and Dumbo. So some of the classics. 101 Dalmatians also is on that list. Okay, it wasn't on the list that yeah. I looked at. Yeah. Um, this one is very special to me. In 1899, P.L. Travers was born mm. in Australia, and obviously she created Mary Poppins. Yes. And um, if you don't know, that's one of Brian's favorite characters. One of the meet and greets Obsessed. that I always have to do. Obsessed in about Magic Mary Poppins. Book. Like he has one of he has her umbrella in his car. Just because I take it to the parks with me <laughs> does not mean anything. It always rains in Disney, so you have to have an umbrella. Yeah, that's, and why not take Mary Poppins? That's true. There we go. Okay, so those are the two notable birthdays this week. Um, in 1969, the Haunted Mansion opened in Disneyland, California. Ooh, spooky! It was not one of the opening day attractions. Um, it opened in New, New Orleans Square a little bit after mm-hmm. the park. Um, in 1981, Horizons construction began at Epcot. Horizons oh. was one of the opening day attractions at Epcot. R.I.P. Horizons. Yeah, there. I don't. Are there any opening day attractions left in Epcot? Spaceship Ex- other, Earth. Other than the um, World Showcase. Spaceship Earth. Is that the only one? Yeah. Well, even World Showcase wasn't wasn't completed whenever the park opened. In 1992, Walt Disney World welcomes its 400 millionth guest, Brandon Adams, a 10 year old from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, amid the clang of the bells and a shower of confetti, the sixth grade student from Baltimore dances joyously with Mickey Mouse after stepping through the turnstiles at Disney MGM Studios theme park just after 10 a.m. Brandon and his family will be given lifetime passes to all Disney World parks world, wow. worldwide. That's pretty I have to find this amazing. Kid. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, four, what year was that? 400 millionth guest. 
That's a lot of people. That's more than McDonald's ever served. Um, 1992. <laughs> 92. He was, right. he was uh, sixth grade in 92. He was 10 years old in 92. How old was I in 92? I don't know. I wasn't 10 years old. I was four. So I was seven, eight, seven or eight. Uh, okay, two more. Three more. In 2004, Donald Duck re- receives the 2,257th star on the legendary Hollywood Walk of Fame. I think all of the... F- I don't know if Goofy has one. I know Minnie just got hers. Yeah, Minnie just recently got hers. Um, and uh, Tinkerbell has one, too. Really? She yeah. got one before Minnie? I don't know if she got it before. Minnie just doesn't ever get her due, does she? <laughs> In 2007, Disney World announces that beginning in January of 2008, uh, MGM Studios will be known as Hollywood Studios. Okay. And the last one, in 2015, Robin Williams passed away. Oh. He is known for uh, playing Genie and Professor Brainerd, I think it was his name, in Flubber. Oh, yeah. a conversation with a friend of mine who was recently visiting the parks and um, if she's listening, hey Krista um, she asked me if, like she asked me about her fast passes and uh, this kind of got me thinking because she had selected some that may not have been uh, the best usage of her time or fast pass usage Um, so fast passing the whole fast pass system at Walt Disney world is kind of complicated and we kind of wanted to explain it and, uh, tell you what parks or what, uh, what attractions in each park would be like worth the fast pass and ones that are absolutely not, do not waste the thing on the fast pass. If you are someone who plans or Pretty much anybody who goes to Disney World needs to pre-plan. Yeah, it's absolutely. not it's not on a whim. Right. If you pre-plan your fast passes, they can be really beneficial mm-hmm. and really useful and really helpful. Yeah. Um, but it does takes work because yeah. you have to do it a certain amount of time before you get to the park. Right. So let's talk about like before we even get into that, let's talk about how the fast pass system works. When you buy a ticket to Walt Disney World. You have 30 days before your first date to um, book fast passes online. Um, a fast pass, basically, for those of you who don't know, is it's a way to schedule a time that you go to a specific attraction. And instead of having to wait in line, you get a shorter wait time. And they always let in fast pass people. Uh, more they have a, a higher ratio that they let in to the the attraction through the fast pass queue versus the standby queue i think it's like for every one standby person it's like 30 fast pass people it depends actually on how busy the park is that day it might be like 10 to 1 as a normal thing so if you have if you let a family of 6 go through the standby line then you have to let 60 people go right. through the fast pass queue that's just how it works so it's it's very annoying if you have if you don't have any of that planned. Um, so if you're if you are going to the park just as like a standard thing, you have thirty days before your park date to book those fast passes. 
if you are staying on property, you get 60 days ahead of that date. If you're staying in any of the resorts on property, you have that 60 day window instead. Um, and then if there, there is a new thing for club level, you can spend, you can spend like $50 a day and you get access to it 90 days in advance. It's whatever. Um, when you're booking, you are, depending on what park you're in, most parks have a tiered system. So you're allowed to get three different fast passes, um, but you're only allowed to get one fast pass at a time for tier one, and then um, however many you want in tier two. And then once you get into the park and you've used all three of those fast passes, you can keep on booking one extra fast pass at a time once you're in the park. You can only book one park for your three fast passes. Right. So say you want to book a fast pass for Mine Train, you can't book a fast pass for Mine Train and then Frozen Ever After in Epcot. You have to stay in Magic Kingdom for right. those three fast passes. So it's it's not really beneficial to park hopper people. Right. All, it's also something to take into account is a couple things. The time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to a special ticketed party like Mickey's Not So Scary or um, the Christmas the party. Christmas party. Yeah. You don't need to book fast passes because right. there are so few it, in relative terms. There are so few people in the parks mm-hmm. that there are hardly any wait times. And right. You literally can walk on to pretty much all of the rides yeah. except for my train. Yeah. Well. Um, so if you're going in those two times of the year mm-hmm. um, and you're going to Magic Kingdom and then you're going or you're staying for Mickey's Not So Scary or the Halloween party or the uh, Christmas party, I would wait for your higher end longer wait time rides till the party starts and don't waste your fast passes on them in the morning yeah all right let's dive into it um we're gonna go park by park and talk about the attractions that are in the specific tiers but first up magic kingdom uh magic kingdom actually does not have any tier system it's the only park that doesn't so all of those fast passes are available to be booked but the the hitch is it also has the most attractions it's got 25 that you can choose from. So what are the top... Thank you for stealing all of my... I'm sorry. <laughs> what what would be like... What is your top... What would the top set suggestions for getting a fast pass in Magic Kingdom be for you? Um, Seven Doors Mind Train. Yeah, that was me too. That is I think that. always. Yeah. If there's a fast pass available, grab it. Yeah. Because um, it's another always thing, got a It's always huge, a 120 minute wait. Yeah. Another thing to keep into consideration is that while you are in the park during the day, um, you can book your three fast passes. Um, get onto your Disney um, parks My experience, app yeah, and just constantly be looking through fast passes because people change stuff, people cancel fast mm-hmm. passes, and um, ones will pop up every yeah. once in a while that you didn't expect and that are better than one that you have and you can switch, you can change them around. So once you set your fast passes, they're not set in stone. Right. You can change them around and switch what ride you want, switch what time you want. Um, so if you just keep a constant look on to the um, Disney Parks app at what fast passes, are, fast passes are available, you may be able to get something that you weren't able to get initially. I Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it is it you have to use all three before you can book the fourth one? Yes. You have to use up all three. And then you can book one additional one and then you have to wait till you use that one additional one to, to book, book your next one. one. Yeah. But the thing about that is if you do that, if you like, if you use your last one, 
and you're waiting in line at in the FastPass queue, you can use the app while you're in line because once you're you've scanned your magic band, you have to once you scan it the second time. Oh, okay. You have to wait till you. There's two when you get it when you use a FastPass, you Sometimes. scan it at the, at the first entrance. Yeah, and then usually they'll have a second scan. Right. That second scan is the one that takes it off of your okay. off of your app. Got it. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So back to Magic Kingdom. Um, I would say Seven Doors Mine Train is always you always want to get a fast pass. Peter Pan's Flight you always want to get a fast pass. Yeah, that absolutely. always constantly has over a hundred minute wait. Yes. Um. And then I think the lower end of of that is like I've seen seventy minutes. Yeah. For Peter Pan's Flight. And then. Th- the, the next ones down are kind of depending on what you want to do. If you want to meet princesses, then I would get one for the Princess Fairy Tale Hall because those weights are usually high. If you want to meet Mickey, that weight is usually high. You can mm-hmm. grab that one. Tomorrowland Speedway, for whatever god-awful reason, always has a long wait. I, so I would always recommend, if you have yeah. if you have your heart set on Tomorrowland Speedway, get a fast pass for mm-hmm. it because that wait is easily 45 to 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, Space Mountain is also one Space of those. Space Mountain... And it, during the summer months, Splash Mountain and yeah. Thunder Mountain are also... Yeah. But a secret about Splash Mountain, um, if you go um, not during the summer, not during the dead heat of summer, it's right. a less weight. And also in the evening, is it's a less weight. Because it usually gets a little bit cooler and people don't want to be wet when they're cooler. Right. Um, so if you do that one in the evening... Okay. What about Pirates of the Caribbean? Because that's, that's a usually a popular ride. Pirates is a toss-up, though. Because yeah. I've seen it where it's a 15-minute wait... Mm-hmm. Sometimes if they um, are temporary, temporarily closed, mm-hmm. same thing happens with Haunted Mansion. If they're temporarily closed and then they open up, the wait will be like 10 right. minutes. Right. Um, the most I've ever seen Pirates is maybe maybe 70 minutes, but that was that's super rare. Right. Um, Haunted Mansion usually has a longer wait, but again, you can catch it when it's a 15 or 20 minute wait. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you an idea, um, Haunted Mansion Q is all outside. So if you don't want to stand out in the heat, you want to get a fast pass. Whereas, um, Whereas Pirates, Pirates is inside. Is for mostly the inside. If it's it, a really yeah. long wait, then they bring it outside. Yeah. Um, but you can still feel like the air in that yeah. front area there. And you can get the smell. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, those are the big ones. Some that you definitely don't want to waste your fast yeah. pass on. Um, is Mickey's Filler Magic. Right. Never, ever, never get a fast pass no. for that because that is a complete waste. It is It is a hu- high-capacity attraction. And it's a good attraction. It's a great attraction, It, but it's so high-capacity. Like, you can fit so many people right. in that theater at one time that you only have to wait 10, 15 minutes for the show. I don't even know why they have a fast pass option on that. Like, I, don't, all I honestly don't either. doesn't have a fast pass option. There are things like that 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 we'll talk about <laughs> i don't understand why there's a fast pass option for it um barnstormer you usually don't need a fast pass for mm-hmm. um i think filler magic is the biggest one that i definitely say yeah absolutely not um is there a fast pass option for, i don't think there is for people mover no no um yeah or carousel i mean progress again depending on time of year depending yeah. on how busy the months are what what month you're in busy months are anywhere between may and middle to end of august mm-hmm. the slowest months are february and march and october is usually a slow month but it's starting to pick up now with the popularity of mickey's not so scary um november is usually a, a safe month slow month 
De- um, like the very beginning of December. Yeah. Is de- also. But then once you get into Christmas, it's yeah. a yeah. madhouse. All right. So let's recap. The top fast pass choices for you would probably be what? Um, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and Peter Pan's Flight. And then after that, you can just kind of choose whatever you want. Yeah. And then absolutely don't have to would be... Mickey's Philharmagic. Mm-hmm. And Barnstormer. Okay. I have to say. All right. All right. The next park that we will go to is Epcot. Um, Epcot does have a two-tier system. In the top tier, you have Frozen Ever After, Soren, Test Track, the um, illuminations like select viewing. We'll get to that. And uh, the Epcot character spot in tier two. So you can only pick one of the tier one for that, like for one day. Um, tier two, you can pick however many you want. Um, the Disney and Pixar short film festival, Journey into Imagination, Living with the Land, Mission Space, Spaceship Earth, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, and Turtle Talk with Crush. Um, all right, I'll just go out on the limb and say you need three. Um, you need only three fast passes for Epcot at the moment. Unfortunately, you can't get them all at the same time, though. <clears throat> right. <laughs> and those three are Frozen Ever After, which it would probably be my top pick because it always has the longest wait because it's the newest attraction. But with that. When you go in the fast pass lane for Frozen Ever After, you bypass the queue. And the queue is kind of cute. The queue is very... It, and it's all in, inside, too. It is. So Unless they get to, like, a 150-minute wait, then right. it's outside. Well, pretty much everything here in Epcot for the Tier 1 is inside queues. Unless it gets really long. Yeah. Um, Soren usually has about a 40-minute wait... Um, on average. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it higher. I've seen yeah, it lower. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's a lot easier if you just go in with a fast pass. Soren is also one of those that you can check and you can pretty regularly get right. one the same day. Um, depending on how many people are in your party. Cause like if you're only, cause we would always go in with only two people. Um, if you have a group of six, it, Kate takes that into consideration whenever you're looking for a fast pass. Right. So a family of six is going to have a harder time finding fast passes right. than a family of two or three. Even um, even as cast members, when we would go into the park, we would we would book fast passes. Oh yeah, yeah. We would go in and check on that same day and see what was available. Right. Um, and then test track usually has a pretty long uh, wait time. I think mostly because of the whole like. Well, I, I don't know. That might be just like cue relief at this point that you you can design your own car and that takes up time. Like you have a set amount of time that you have to create that car digitally and then you can go into the regular queue thing. So, um, so yeah, those would be like the top three. Um, the ones that I would absolutely say do not get illuminations. <laughs> For a couple of reasons. For a couple of reasons. Um, number one, it's going to take up your tier one slot and it's not till nine o'clock and it's not till nine o'clock at night. So you can't use it until the evening. Right. Number two, it is awful viewing. So illuminations takes place in world showcase lagoon. Yes. In the middle of world showcase lagoon. Right. World showcase is 1.3 miles around. 
you can find a spot somewhere else. There are plenty of spots to watch. You absolutely do not need to reserve. Right. If you want to reserve prime viewing and you want to spend a little extra money, I would recommend doing the Frozen Ever After Absolutely. That's exactly what I was going to say. You get really, really good food. Thank you very much, Josh and Rihanna. (laughs) Um, And... And then you get it's to really good viewing spot. It's a great viewing spot. And then you get, to, then ride you get to, ride to ride afterwards. And without using a fast pass, you get to ride frozen ever after with no weight. Right. Exactly. So I would highly recommend the frozen ever after frozen ever after dessert party. Okay, right. Go on. Um, the other one that I would say it depends on the day with Epcot character spot. But I mean, usually it's I've done five it without. minutes. I've done it without. I had a guest who wanted to redeem their no strings attached and you're like really (laughs) they didn't know where it was and so i had to walk them to it and it was literally five minutes which means usually means that there's little to no wait right but they wanted to use it as they're like it was like they had a golden fast pass on their no strings attached another i was just kind of shocked another good tip with wait times is if the sign says five minutes it's usually a zero minute wait yeah it's usually the amount of time it takes you to walk through the queue to get to the line um disney pixar short film festival there's never a wait journey to imagination not really um living with the land depends on how busy they are i've I've seen it wait i have seen it be drastic number like there's it is usually a walk-on but when it's super busy it can be like an hour wait or if it's super hot outside yeah um mission space surprisingly doesn't have very much of a wait ever i think it's because they they have a high capacity High capacity, and a lot of people don't want to ride it because it makes them sick. Uh, <laughs> Greg, Greg, we're looking at yes. you. Yes. <laughs> um, Seas with Nemo and Friends, mm, it's it's a walk-on almost all the time. Mm, I've had a wait. The queue, though, for that is worth the wait because it's like, mm. it's it's cool. You feel like you're underwater, and it's literally cool. It's like yeah. all air-conditioned, and it feel, it's really cranked up air, too. Um, Turtle Talk with Crush, I don't know. I've never done it. I don't ever really want to. <laughs> No, you don't. Um, but Spaceship Earth is, I mean, I would get it. If you... Spaceship Earth is a toss-up. Yes. We've seen it where it's a 45-minute wait. Yeah. And then, again, where there's a five-minute wait. There have been random days where it's like 50 minutes. And like, why would you... And you're you... like, what? <laughs> but other times, it's a walk-on. Right. Or like five so or ten minutes. I think with that, it's one of those, depending on what time of the year you're going, Yeah, is when you need to decide if yeah. you need a fast pass for that. Yeah, it's it was weird being cast members there because we had um, little tolerance for long wait times <laughs> because we always had access to the parks. Right. So if there was a long queue, we would be like, well, we'll come back next time and see how, how it is. But that's not the case for a lot of people. So I think right. that this information can be valuable for someone who really wants to use well, also, the most of their time. Something interesting that I got to see was since I was there for a full year. I got to see the highs and the lows and mm-hmm. the busy seasons of the park. So yeah. I kind of know when to go and when not to right, go and yeah. what, what to do. All right. Um, next section or the next park is going to be Hollywood Studios. Okay. So Hollywood Studios just went through a transformation mm-hmm. of their fast pass system. Yes. With the opening of Toy Story Land, um, they have created a tier one and tier two system um, that defies all tier one and tier well, two systems. Well, they did it, they have had one before. One, yeah. But... It made a little bit more sense before the change. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before the change, Rock and Roller Coaster, Fantasmic, and Beauty and the Beast 
were on the top tier, the tier one. Mm-hmm. And then everything which, else was on tier two, which still doesn't make sense because Beauty and the Beast is, Beauty not, and the Beast is, not, is not a tier one. The, Phantasmic might be. Yeah. Um, when Toy Story Land opened. Maybe Beauty and the Beast didn't have a fast pass option. Yeah, it does. Does it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, when Toy Story Land opened, uh, Alien Swirling... Alien, Swirling Saucers, Slinky Dog Dash, and Toy Story Mania became the tier ones. Mm-hmm. Basically all of Toy Story Land. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure when Galaxy's Edge, Edge opens... They're going to fall off and right. in Star Wars they'll be... Because already their, their wait times at, uh, yeah. at the most are like 70 minutes. Right. Which is, believe it or not, is not a long the, wait. Surprisingly, there's more usually more of a wait time for Alien, Swirling Saucers than there is for Slinky yes. Dog Dash. I saw that. Which is kind um, of blows my mind so on the tier one i would if if you want to go and do toy story land um quickly and get it over with i would recommend doing one of the tier one i would recommend alien swirling saucers because that's probably going to be your highest or toy story mania usually has a highway yeah Yeah. um i don't believe you need one for slinky dog dash though i think you can just wait whatever wait time it is for that It also depends on when you go in the day, because that one has uh, has a tendency to be more busy in the morning, like right when they open, everyone goes to Toy Story Land to try to get it out of the way. Um, so if you go like later on, like between opening and lunch, probably that would be a good time to go. And also, um, Slinky Dog Dash is going to be more busy at night after yeah. the sun goes down because the way that it's lit. Is really cool and people mm-hmm. are wanting to go and see it yeah. at night and same thing with uh alien swirling saucers, saucers yeah. Too, yeah um toy story mania before toy story land opened always had a long wait yeah and you always it was always recommended to get a fast pass for yeah. that um since it opened it the wait has not has gone down it's not because they bad. have two extra things this was the thing though with with hollywood studios they have been running without so many attractions or rides that Everything was super At one, at one point, they only had three rides. They right. Star Wars, Tower, and Roller Coaster were the yeah. only three rides that were open. Right. Right before Toy Story Land opened because they closed Toy Mania. Story Mania. Yeah. So everything was super busy. And now that they've opened up these extra rides, it kind of has curbed the right. busyness of the other rides. Um, so on the tier two is Beauty and the Beast, which you absolutely do not need. Absolutely not. That um, You can always find a seat. Yeah. Um Disney Junior live on stage, you absolutely do not need one because it's a really high capacity uh, mm-hmm. room. Phantasmic, I said it depends. Um, I would recommend a fast pass for Phantasmic just because you can guarantee to get a seat in there. Yeah. And it's, it's a, not a good seat. It's, yeah. But you're guaranteed, if you want a good seat for Phantasmic, you have to do one of the dining plans. Yeah. You have to do one of the dining um, it's a packages. really It's a really packed show every night that, yes. that it runs. It like it is always jam packed, and for some stupid reason, it's really hot. It's always so hot in there. It is like the hottest area of Hollywood Studios. Um, so I would recommend one of your tier two, um, fast passes to be Fantasmic. Yes. Um, yeah. Frozen sing along concert celebration. No. No, not at all. They, they do it so so frequently that and they ha- also have in the waiting area they have like a video thing to the, keep everyone busy the only thing that the fast pass allows you to do for that is to get in earlier yeah which there's no bad seats in that house right uh, there's no reason to do a fast right. pass for that 
Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Same thing. You don't yeah. need one. Yeah. There's plenty of seats. It's all good views. Um, Muppet Vision 3D. Never, never, Absolutely ever, never. Um, rocking roller coaster. I said you need one most of the time. There yeah. are occasions where it'll be really low. Like in the mornings, usually it's really low. Mm-hmm. Um, so just depending on. And that one also, they have a, a single rider. But keep in mind that it's it's still not going to be as fast as if you have a fast pass. Right. We'll move on to Star Tours, which I said sometimes needs one, um, sometimes doesn't. Yeah, it's it's a toss up. It's on the complete other side of the park. So a lot of times people don't venture over there very right. early. Yeah. Um, so I think the earlier you can get to it, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ride it right after you ate because you will throw up. Mm. Um, Amen. <laughs> so that's that is a possibility. Yeah. Tower of Terror, I would say most of the time. Yeah. It's a pretty busy It attraction. is a pretty busy one, but again, you can you can catch it when it's yeah. a, maybe a 20 minute wait. Um That one also is like half of it be- the before you get into the pre-show, the majority of the queue is outside. Yes. So that's hot. But then once you get inside, it's, it's not as bad. Yeah, that's true. But it's still kind of, and they also have misters, right? So that's and misses. That's, <laughs> um, I would recommend that while when you're planning to about a month, before, maybe a month and a half before you're planning your trip, to go onto the app and look at see what the wait times are, because that'll kind of give you a, a, an idea of what you need to book. Yeah. Um, last one is Voyage of the Little Mermaid, and I would say you never need one for that. Maybe occasionally, but hardly ever. Yeah. The only annoying thing is you have to wait in the queue for the show to run. Yeah, of that's course. true. You know, even if you do have a fast pass, you can't, it's not like you can go in in the middle of the show running, right. you know. Okay, let's go over to Animal Kingdom. All right, Animal Kingdom has two tiers, and this is only because of Pandora. Uh, the two attractions in Pandora are on tier one, so you have Flight of Passage and Navi River Journey, and then tier two is everything else in the park. Um, I would suggest Flight of Passage or Navi River Journey. Mm. Um, it's a toss-up because Navi River Journey is a terrible queue to wait in, and Flight of Passage is an amazing queue to wait in. But yeah, I see your point. Usually, Flight of Passage is a much longer wait than Navi River Journey is. And I feel like by much I mean like it's either ninety minutes or for it's usually like ninety minutes for Navi River, and like. 120 to 180 yeah. for flight of passage. I feel like if you wait in line for Navi River, it will make the actual ride more disappointing. Yeah. Because you're waiting in line and you get the build up and the excitement right. and the hype and then it's a 4-minute river ride and you're like, right. I waited in line for that. Exactly. That's how, exactly so how I felt. So if I were to do Navi River, I would definitely do it with a fast pass. Right. But if you could find a fast pass for flight of passage, I would take it. Yeah. It, they're hard to find. They're very hard to find. Because everyone uses them right and so it's it's one of those tough things uh as far as tier two i would definitely suggest expedition everest definitely um and depending on when you go i would say collie river rapids if you really want to venture onto that treacherous disappointment it's, it's definitely not it's like like not like navi river it's not worth right a hundred but wait. if it's super super hot outside it would be a nice way to cool down right and so in the summertime, it gets up to 120 minute wait by for the standby line. Right. And it also has a pretty amazing queue. Um, but mm. I just, it was such a disappointment. 
I wouldn't waste it on as my own personal preference, but there you go. Um, Finding Nemo the musical, they can usually fit everyone in yeah, for one show, so not really. So I would suggest, if you were to get the three for Animal Kingdom, I would suggest either Flight of Passage or Navi River as the tier one. And then you would probably choose Expedition Everest and then maybe Dinosaur is the I, only other one that you might want to I would get a actually recommend for. Rivers of Light if you have a burning desire to see it. Because if you get a fast pass, it's a guaranteed seat. True. Um, the Rivers of Light seating area is not large at all. Yeah. So if you're dying to see Rivers of Light, which hmm. is a toss up if you really want to see it or not. Yeah. I would recommend getting it for that. Okay. You do not definitely, definitely do not need it for it's tough to be a bug for flight of wonder flights of wonder um for the kill uh, the kilimanjaro safaris is kind of it depends on the day because sometimes that they can that can have like an hour wait and that's all outside like the whole thing is outside so you don't get right any kind of break there um primeval whirl mm, you don't need a fast pass for that we did yeah. the, a couple times that we did it we didn't get a fast yeah. pass and there was no wait yeah so yeah there you go uh if you have other questions feel free to email us and we can talk to you specifically if you've got questions about specific stuff, but there's a kind of an overview of the fast pass system. And I hope this was informational and educational and helpful. Non boring. -ational. Non boring. -ational. <laughs> All right. Drum roll, please. It's time for trivia. Hey, everybody's favorite time of the year. Yeah. Podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? I don't care. I'll go first. All right. So my piece of trivia is about the Walt Disney World Railroad. So um, there's a pretty iconic train that goes around all of Magic Kingdom. Um, and Disneyland Park. And in Disneyland Park, but and I'm Disneyland talking about Paris. one of the one in Walt Disney World. Okay. Um, there are actually four trains there. Yep. Um, the first, there are two of them though that were created in succession in 1925. So they're that old. They're all of them steam trains, and um, there are usually two trains on the track doing the rotation. Unless it gets super busy, and then in those busy times they have three on the tracks at one time. Was that your fa your fact? That's my trivia. Oh, yeah. Okay. What? Nothing. <laughs> Just, it sounded the way you were talking sounded like you were leading up to like this epic. Dun, 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 dun. There are there are they are steam powered. That's that's the. Effect. It is actually interesting that they are all steam powered mm -hmm. engines. Steam-powered engines take a lot of maintenance every yeah. single day. And if you, like, super love trains, you can actually take a behind-the-scenes tour. Yeah. There's a there's a train behind our steam trains or something is what it's called. Walt was actually um, a huge fan of steam trains. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually one of the things that influenced his building the parks was he kind of modeled it after a model train layout that yeah. you would do in your backyard. And he loved yeah. trains. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Okay, so mine um, is a little bit more exciting. 
we were talking about uh, fast passes today, and and it's important to get fast passes for certain rides and everything. And you may be asking yourself, well, why do you make such a big deal about that? Well, in 2016, in Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom alone, that's only one park, there were 20.4 million people in 2016 that visited the park. Mm-hmm. That's about 55,000 people a day, mm-hmm. which is why you need to book fast passes mm-hmm. because you are one of 55,000 people right. visiting a park in right. a day. Capacity is 90,000 at Magic Kingdom? Yeah. I think it's when they when they stop letting people enter, it's at 90,000. Yeah. And that's a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Ta-da! Is that, is that all of your trivia? Is it is. It? Oh, okay. And I'm done. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um... We have had a couple of reviews on iTunes, and I want to thank those of you who made those reviews. Please, if you are listening and you enjoy what you've listened to, please leave a review on iTunes. And subscribe. Subscribe so that you can just, like, get notifications that it's posted. Um, you can email us at duckandmousepodcast at gmail.com or... Um, Say hi on Facebook or Instagram. Follow. We would us love Instagram. to know what you want to hear us talk about. Yeah, yeah. Get some input. Guest interaction makes it a lot better. Mm-hmm. All right. What is our next uh, week's movie going to be? Oh. <laughs> What kind of reaction is that? I have absolutely no idea and know nothing about this movie. Well, that's a lot of them. Melody Time? Oh, Melody Time. This is one of the um, compilation era (laughs) movies. Okay. All right. So we will see you next week. All right. See ya. Bye. No. All right, my tip for this week uh, for you travelers goes out to the veterans of the park. If you have uh, been to all of the parks before and you're kind of looking for something else to do other than the the same old thing, I would suggest uh, taking one of the tours. There are many tours available for you at any of the parks. Um, There are two in particular that are pretty significant. the $99 one is the Keys to the Kingdom tour, which is ba- basically just backstage stuff in the Magic Kingdom, uh, which also this tour takes you down into the Utilidors, which is kind of a, one of those things that Disney fans love to do. Magical moments. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, the other big one is the Backstage Magic tour, which covers all of the parks. Um, you get in for free to during your tour. Um, you have to have a park hopper, I, I think. You do have to have a park hopper ticket in order to get this. And that tour is two seventy-five per person. Some and, different things to do on yeah, a day. Yep. Yeah. 